Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Poor, and we're going to have an exciting show today. I'm, I have uh, Doug Bullock on and my friend, Dr. Peter Cookson, and we're going to talk about the nurse's situation at Albany Med. So, Doug, why don't you start? Well, the uh, Nurses Union, uh, New York State uh, Nurses Nurses Association has uh, called for a one-day strike uh, upon a vote of the nurses. Now, they they put this to a vote, and they they put it to a petition, two petitions before that. So I think they're uh, they have the support to pull, you know, to do this one-day strike, and the major complaints are, are around the COVID issue uh, and, and taking care of people in in that hospital. It's just not safe. Uh, I'm very concerned that, uh, you know, one of the big issues is they're mixing COVID patients into the regular hospital patients. So, you know, I, I've got problems with, with a lot of other things, especially the N95 masks. I can't believe that they have to take their N95 masks and reuse them and reuse them and reuse them. You know, each day you're supposed to throw them out. I mean, that was the prior policy. You use the N95s, and by the way, these N95s, as my understanding, is is critical for uh, stopping any kind of ingestion or outgestion uh, of the COVID virus. And, you know, it, it seems to me that the hospital should be able to have enough N95 masks for all the nurses, and they don't. They, because of their supply is, is tied to the supply chain of uh, capitalist America. But uh, regardless, I'm, I'm very concerned because there is a spike in the cases right now in COVID, and we're going through a real uh, uh, hard time with it. Uh, and I, I think the nurses, uh, I think we have to listen to our nurses, what they're telling us is going on in that hospital. I'll stop here. Peter? <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the fact that the nursing staff ha- is inadequately supplied, not only with N95s, but with uh, personal protective equipment or gear or dressings. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Is, uh, is, is unconscionable. Uh, and it's very typical or characteristic of the behavior of, of uh corporatists today whose primary focus is on uh, income, income for themselves, uh, taxpayer, I would call it, and uh, investors, et cetera. And at, as a result of that, what they're doing is they're putting the critical staff at risk of life and limb, essentially. Uh, these, uh, this, that, this illness is so incredibly contagious that uh, – Across the country, we are seeing nursing staff getting sick and dying as a result thereof. Not all of the nurses are recent graduates of nursing school. We have some senior nurses on staff there who are at risk because of comorbidities as well and being subjected to those risks because of corporate decisions is unconscionable, absolutely unconscionable. And... um, I, I would strongly 
advise them to do whatever is necessary to protect themselves and the patients that they have dedicated themselves to serve. If they get sick, then the, the care that those patients so desperately need cannot be provided already. We have desperate staffing problems in not only Albany but also throughout the country. And um, the nurses are the backbone of the operation of the hospital. There's an article in today's or yesterday's or, um, newspaper or gazette about uh, We're running out of doctors to push the buttons in the intensive care unit on the respirators. Well, who sucks out the secretions from the uh, patients? Who, uh, you know, changes the diapers? Who changes or maintains the IVs and what have you? Mm -hmm. I'm not so thrilled about having a guy in there pushing buttons as I am about having not enough nursing staff. That's enough (laughs) for now. Yeah, one of the major demands of the uh, strike uh, of the nurses right now is uh, safe staffing saves lives. Yeah. And that, you know, that was before the pandemic. But the, it runs really worse now because of the uh, the second spike. We're, we're going through a second phase of uh, COVID-19. Uh, I, I can't believe the uh, – and the second phase, uh, from what I've been reading, is worse than the first phase and, and, and like double – uh, the uh, the harm done. I'm reading a, a book called Dead Epidemiologists on the Origins of COVID-19. It's by Rob Wallace. And he, he traces the, the history of these uh, pandemics. And what scares me right now is we're going through the second phase. And the second phase, according to what Albany Med said anyway, the latest report I heard from Albany Med is this is the second phase. And the second phase is double uh, worse than the first. So I'm really concerned that, uh, you know, we get this uh, straight in terms of safety right now. I think uh, safety is a huge issue right now. Right. Um, Peter? Yes. Right. The second phase is interesting. Uh, There's lots of uh, considerations to uh, decide whether or not this is actually a um, a more a worse phase than what we saw last winter and spring. Um we didn't really experience an entire winter's worth of uh uh contagion mm-hmm. as um from the coronavirus back in December January. However, um the other consideration is I'm beginning to hear uh, from Cynthia and others, I haven't seen it in the mainstream media, and that is it appears that the organism has shifted or changed. Either it has become more contagious, if if that's at all possible, or it's become more virulent, which means that it's more deadly. And um, studying and looking carefully for that that information, and uh, I'm looking at uh, any reports... On uh, the g- genetic shift or or drift, as they call it, uh, in the organism itself. Needless to say, uh, that puts our nursing staff at greater risk. There's more patients to handle uh, in a situation in which they are minimally staffed at a hospital, and they have no protective or insufficient uh, protective equipment for them to wear. No surgeon would walk into the operating room uh, 
half naked. I mean, that's what they're asking our nursing staff to do, to walk into a, a ward that is filled with contagion uh, without proper protection, mm-hmm. uh, not only for themselves but also for the patients. And then in North Dakota, they're saying it's okay for you to go to work even though you've tested positive coronavirus. They're uh, saying that, to, you, know, this, you know, that's so upside down, but it yeah. is so corporate. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is the uh, uh, the nurses organized in Albany Med two years ago, and they they voted for a contract uh, almost two to one. Uh, it was uh, a vote where two over two thousand nurses were eligible uh, to vote, and they voted overwhelmingly to to uh, join the union. And uh, ever since then, you know, the, in the beginning, they hired a um, union-busting law firm, uh, Bon Chenick and King. And uh, I don't mind mentioning that. I don't, they'll probably sue me, but I, I don't care because they are really a union-busting firm, and people should know about them. They uh, stalled on the contract negotiations. They didn't enter into uh, decent contract negotiations for two years until they could, uh, about a year and a half in, challenge the union because the labor law allows a challenge if you don't have a contract within a year. Uh, and they challenged uh, to decertify the union. Well, that got wiped out internally by the nurses. Uh, they, overwhelmingly, uh, the nurses beat that. And, and then they they entered in negotiations again, you know, and they got this law firm in, advising them on how to stall, because the more you, they stall, the better off they are, and all, of course, the longer the law firm gets to make money. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious to me. That's, you know, There's you know, too many days on. in there. Is uh, it that's the- where we are uh, on on the on the talks now. They got a contract in Ellis for the nurses, the union nurses, and in Bellevue for the union nurses, okay? All they have to do, and the main issue here with, with the nurses is, is definitely the, the ratio, the, you know, nurses-to-patient ratio. That, that's a main issue, but they, they solve that with the other contracts, and they should do the same thing here. Uh, the, the, both of the contracts are, are, are decent. Uh, at Bellevue and uh, and Ellis, and, and so you know that's all they have to do. But you know they got these special interests that they're paying uh, an arm and a leg for uh, on these union busing law firms, and it, it's kind of disgusting to, to watch negotiations go like this, stall like this. But hey, that's what that's their status. Now, Doug. Uh, yeah. When, who is the they that is hiring the uh, union-busting attorneys? And who is paying well, the bill? It'll be McKenna, Dr. McKenna. Okay. He's the, uh, he's the CEO. Okay. Okay, uh, uh, Dr. Dennis McKenna. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and some of the board members that are really close, they've got a little circle there in the board. <laughs> but regardless, uh, McKenna's making the decisions. He's the principal CEO. Uh, he has to. He made the decision to hire the law firm. 
he he has not made the decision to negotiate or listen to his nurses. And uh, we're asking people to call McKenna and tell uh, McKenna to uh, settle a fair contract. Is it okay if I give this phone number over the uh, radio, Cynthia? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, Dr. Dennis McKenna, uh, area code 518-262-3830. People should call that number and tell McKenna to settle the strike. This is outrageous that he can't settle a fair contract. He's got two of them out there. He can just copy. I mean, just copy it. (laughs) But regardless, uh, you know, that's what people should do. You should uh, call uh, Dr. McKenna, the CEO of Albany Med, and tell him uh, the nurses deserve a fair contract now. The latest is McKenna and the gang have walked away from the, the table. Wow. I've got a couple okay. of questions for you guys. Yes. Would you say that opening med is not an anomaly, that this is happening happening in other hospitals throughout the country? Yes, most assuredly. Okay. Yes. Uh, my second question is, you know, you put the news on or you watch TV or you open the paper and you, you read about or hear about, you know, a spike in cases and people who are succumbing to this and there's all kinds of fear, you know, throughout the country, fear, dread, and and dread. But at the same time, the people in charge are concerned about making money. Okay? So how do you think that the average person who is afraid of maybe losing their life or getting sick or losing their job. How many people know about the situations in hospitals today? Uh, there's a growing number that are becoming aware of that fact. And uh, in a very in a rural community that I live in, Sharon Springs, Cobleskill, the people to whom I speak all say, don't go to the hospital. Uh, that's death. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. They know Wait. that the the, host, the local hospital here is a uh, subsidiary of uh, Bassett System, and Bassett has had the same uh, protocol or the same I, I don't know problems depending upon what uh, your point of view that uh, Albany Med has, and that is they're run by a corporatist who is primarily uh, motivated by making money. Mm -hmm. And if you hire more nurses, then you have to pay them. And Mm -hmm. who is paying the nurses? Are the citizens paying the nurses, or are the... Or are the nurses being paid out of the kitty that is built up by billing uh, Medicare and billing the uh, third-party payers? Uh, that's really interesting. You know, it's if that's indeed the case, then um, Mr. McKenna, Dr. McKenna, is uh, looking after his own salary and the salaries of uh, the corporatists uh, who are uh, uh, helping him to decide what's the uh, uh, most profitable way to manage this hospital. And, you know, the alternative is let's not have a contract. Let's make the nurses work uh, harder. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's exhaust the nurses so that they get sick and fall over on the job. Then we mm-hmm. can make more money. Then we can get rich. Well, 
you know, you know, that's the alternative that he's mm-hmm. proposing. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I, I've, got a, I've got another question, and um, I think it's an important one. Peter, you and I have discussed many times on this show um, about, you know, the rising cases. If the cases are rising, and they are, like you read and hear about it, and, and the nursing staff is at risk, if the nursing staff throughout the country is significantly depleted, then what happens? Right. Yes. What happens is you have patients who are inadequately treated or incompletely treated or not treated at all. Um, there mm-hmm. are there are stories about patients going to hospitals that I have heard very recently, and that is they sit in the emergency room, they find a cot for them because there's no room elsewhere in the hospital there's no one able to take care of these patients and god help them if they uh if they're really critically ill um you know the other countries have dealt with this issue in a very very different way uh, mm-hmm. the the way that we're dealing with it indicates that we have a leadership problem we have a commitment problem and uh we are being owned and operated by uh corporatists whose primary responsibility is to their stockholders or to their own um, bank account, put it that way, wallet or what have you. And and, uh, the citizens of this country are going to suffer dreadfully as uh, this winter goes along. Our Um, corporate health care system stinks. We we need to to look at other countries that – that have done Medicare for all, like Canada's done. They call it Medicare, but they have single payer in Canada. They have problems too, but still, we need a better system than we have right now. Our system stinks. I I would underscore that wholeheartedly. There's no doubt about it. Uh, just look around. I see. I listen to people talking about how horrible things are in China when they have one or two deaths. Uh, <clears throat> A week or a month, and they show you these hospitals with with uh, properly clad nursing staff and, and ancillary support staff running around uh, with all manner and sorts of gear on and just saying, well, look at this. Look at this horrible hospital with all of these beds. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to see one of those here. Yeah, me too. And we don't have one. Right. Right. We don't even what? have enough testing. That kills me. We don't have enough testing. What what happened to the Javits Center that they set up with all of those hospital beds? Where did they go? <laughs> Good question. I haven't heard anything about it. what happened to the Navy ship that pulled into har- the the uh, what do you call it the, the hospital ship that the Navy pulled into the New York Harbor and they stayed for a week or so and then they went away. Yeah, about five hundred of them got it. Oh, on the board. That? Oh, yeah. They banned cruise ships, but what about our battleships? Have they banned them? Well, they tried that when the the when the captain of the carrier uh, asked for help that was not forthcoming from the Pentagon. They fired him. <laughs> Remember right. that one? Yeah, yeah. And out right. there in San Diego or San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. right. Anyhow, our commander in chief has played a really terrible role. 
in this whole pandemic. He has been anti-science, but he's been anti-medicine. And I think he's responsible, our commander-in-chief right now, for deaths in this country because of his actions to undermine safe health uh, protocols. He undermined his own protocols. Right. I would not challenge that. I would also suggest that you and I are looking at a situation here in Albany that I'm confident that our leader-in-chief has no idea what's happening in this small community here. Uh, but what's happening in this community is happening, as Cynthia pointed out, throughout the country. So yeah. although uh, I yeah. have a problem with the leadership in Washington, uh, he reflects what is going on elsewhere. We have a much bigger problem in this mm-hmm. country that uh, is going to uh, torpedo the whole system. And I, I, I send I blessings. I can't believe how many people won't take the vaccine, said they won't take it. They're crazy. It's almost half. Right. They I won't think take those, the vaccine. Those people are saying two things. I don't trust the government. I don't trust the corporate entities that say this is 95 percent effective yeah Uh, that that's what they're saying yeah is we have lost trust in our governmental system and when they say and in addition to that this morning or yesterday's news indicated that along with the vaccine will be incorporated a nanoparticle that will enable someone with a tele with a cell phone that has the proper app to come close to that arm where the injection was and identify the person, the date of the injection, and whether or not he's had a, a follow up injection, and all manner and sorts of other information ha- can be encoded and will be encoded in that nanoparticle. Now, when that word gets out, we will find that those persons who have gotten the vaccine will now have been tattooed, much like a large number of folks were in 1941 and 1942 elsewhere. That is a fact. What? That's a strong statement, Peter. What was that, dear? That's a strong statement. Yeah, yes. That in, that that uh, technology has been around for some time. Uh, it started out with injecting dogs and uh, your pet, so you can find your pet and identify it. Anyhow, mm-hmm. that technology. Oh, right, right, right. They put a chip in. Yeah. Right. I that technology that has been improved on and has been much, is much more sophisticated today than it is mm-hmm. than it was back in the, you know 20 years or so ago. So mm-hmm. that when you get your your vaccine, you are now getting tattooed or tagged or whatever term you would like to use. And I'm, I'd be very reluctant if that word gets out. Then those persons who are quote anti-vaxxers unquote uh, may be resisting getting the vaccine. But what they will do is that if you do not have this tag, then you can't get on the subway. You can't get on the bus. You can't get on the airplane. You can't yeah. get into Walmart. Okay. Yeah. You can't get into Price Chopper or what have you because you get tagged or, or examined uh, as you walk in the door. Just like when I go to Walmart, there's a gentleman standing out there checking to make sure I have my mask on, and if I want a pair of gloves, he will hand them to me. 
and in addition to and and then they do the 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 test for your temperature on the forehead. It would be a very simple matter just to say, hold up your right arm, and they pass the telephone over your right arm, and bingo, in you go or out you go, depending upon what the telephone or your cell phone reads. Mm. And I I didn't pull this out. This was on the mainstream news this morning, or last night. I I heard it again this morning because they repeat last night's news at 4 a.m. in the morning, which is when I get up and watch it. So... (laughs) No, Doug, you said the strike is going to happen on December 1st? December 1st, yeah. Um, yeah, I encourage people to watch Democracy Now! too. It's great news. Uh, but uh, December 1st is, is uh, when they've called it. They they have to give 10 days' notice, so that that's by law. And uh, it's, it's definitely over... Um, unfair labor practice uh, and unhealthy uh, working conditions, and there's a whole bunch of them. So, uh, okay. you know, will you be walking the picket line with them? Oh yes, I will. You'll see me. <laughs> I okay. will. I, uh, I'm first vice president of the Albany Central Federation of Labor, and uh, we will be walking with them. The whole labor, the whole labor movement, will be walking with them. Okay, so what do you plan to achieve from this one-day strike? A contract. Okay. That's what our weakness in our labor law, a major weakness. When people vote for a union, they also should have the right to a contract immediately. The, the employer gets two shots at the, at, the, uh, at, at the process, and that's unfair. So, um, and will there be, and I hate to use the word, but the only one I could think of is, will scams be working that day? What Doug? do you think, Doug? Where, they, where, where can they find scams? That's the problem. They can't, where are they going to try I understand they're going to bring them in. That, that's what I've heard, okay? That's, that's all I can tell you. Right. They're going to bring them in. From where I, I'd like I'd be I don't curious. know. Yeah, <laughs> they got pools of workers they bring in. It, you know, I, it, it, there 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 are a lot of temporary agencies out there that'll supply them workers. Wow, and, and bring them in from another state. Wow, wow. So you know this this uh, union busting law firm is, is, is no no joke. They know what they're doing. They know how to. How to break a strike? They know how to break negotiations. They know how to break unions. They are not making widgets at Albany Medical Center. They are taking care of very sick people. You bring someone in from Nebraska uh, for one day, they don't know where the refrigerator is. They don't know where the medications are. They don't know what the the computer, how the computer works. They don't know how your hospital operates or where the basics in your hospital are. Who suffers? Does the person, the, the the scab from Nebraska suffer? No. It's the patients who will suffer because the nurses can't find the aspirin. That's yep, terrible. Yep, yep. I agree. So, so our time is up for today. I would like to invite both of you back after December 1st to talk about the one-day strike and 
what transpired during it and what the uh, overall outcome will be. So would you guys be up to it? Sure. Sure. You back to starting your beer. Right. I, I, Doug, uh, ask, um, I would like to just chat with you briefly after we're finished here, if you don't mind, and okay. uh, tell you about a brief conversation I had with John okay. a, co- a couple of days or so ago. Okay, I'm going to hang up okay. now. Okay, okay, so you've okay, been listening to okay, yeah. See you, Doug. I hope. Yeah, give me a call. Okay. Bye. Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. Um, you've been listening to Doug Bullock and Dr. Peter Cookson to talk about the nursing situation at Albany Med. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you guys for uh, being on the show, and thank you everybody for listening. Have a great day. Yeah, you're welcome. Call me back.